Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner. Cahen is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. Cahen and Little Red Hen – just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Well, welcome, friends, to another segment of On the Rails with me, your host, Forrest Whitman, here at KTN 106.9 on your FM dial or all the time by podcasts here at KHEN. And also, uh, we, we just learned that we have a, a dog who listens to us on iTunes. So we hope others than Buddy the dog are also listening on iTunes. And this has been fascinating. We're sitting here in the old caboose, got our feet up, looking out the cupola window as we roll along. This train is... Born along by our, our engineer, Rick White, and usually he has his assistant engineer, Juanita, with him. But Well, I tell so- you, what happened, Forrest, is during the break, I stopped. You noticed I stopped, right? Yeah. Well, she there was a lady on the side of the tracks waving us down, and I get stopped. It's Juanita, and she's kind of mad that we took off oh. without her so it's a little quiet up here in the engine if i if you don't hear comments um it uh, we've had better days me and juanita well you know that speaks to the power of juanita if she was able to get in <laughs> up in front of that train as you went on down the track how did she do that tied she's her, fascinating tied herself up and laid across the tracks uh, <laughs> yeah. oh my god Pretty powerful, multifaceted force, that Juanita. Um, we're in so I, I have a little, uh, I have something I have to say to Forrest because I'm so excited to be in the caboose. All I've, right. waited, I've waited many years to be invited into your caboose, Forrest. And to be in the caboose now, I'm just vibrating with excitement. All That's all I can say. You know? Wow. I mean, how long have I known you? And I've always known that you had a caboose, but I was until this most joyous moment, um, not yet invited in. And I'm honored to be invited into your caboose. This is the most joyful ride I'm ever going to take. And I'm going to learn a lot back here in the caboose because I've never even been in the engineer's seat. But, you know, I think that the caboose is more important than the engineer's seat, truth be known. Well, there are um, a lot of mystery writers who think that the engineer in the engine is the boss of the train. No, it's the conductor, usually oh, no. back in the caboose. Yeah. 
It's uh, That's... it's the conductor and it's the assistant in the in the engine who's. Uh-huh. In the You're playing it up for Juanita Big today. Is and now may I ask for clarification on who is the assistant in this Trinity right now? Oh, that that would be me, the engine, the the engine. Oh. All righty. Well, you know, yeah. um, I'm just proud to be in the caboose, and actually, that brings me to this question, Forrest Whitman. I have a really important question. I've always been curious about what is the purpose of that caboose anyway? Well, it's the office. It's the office car. It's that's where you write up the waybills. Say you pick up a car of grain, you write down what time you picked it up, who it was from, where it was going, all of that. <clears throat> and all the same thing if you deliver one. It's an office car. You spend the night in it. After about 16 hours, you're not supposed to, you know, you're supposed to just go sleep and cook your steak on the hot belly stove there and just do that sort of thing. Um, and that's... Uh, then after a certain number of hours, back in my day, it wasn't many. I think it was six and a half. Then you're kicked back on some other train and do the same job. So that's what it was. Not today. Today, uh, well, I don't know. That It's a sort of a sad state of railroading today. But we could get into that, but it's best not. But if you want to get into that, always just pick up the newsletter for Colorado, Colorado, Association of Railroad Passengers, Colorado Rail, costs you $15 a year to belong, and you'll get all the, all the railroad gossip, all that. Can I get that again? I want to, I want to explore that for us. You just gave me uh, another Colorado little... Rail, Colorado Association of Railroad Passengers, Colorado Rail. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And, um, Pete Bond from and I, from time to time, drive up to those meetings. We get up at 5.30 or 6 in the morning and get up there for a 9 o'clock meeting. And uh, it's just interesting people. Also, uh, some of those are on Zoom. Uh, I think at every third month or something that, uh, that that meets. So that's a good good source. Okay, um, thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. I want to give a big shout out to Pete Bond. I had the pleasure of meeting Pete Bond um, one morning at uh, this circle of friends at the local coffee shop. And, you know, I think we all know where that is. Um, and uh, I understand Pete Bond is is like part of the essential group of railroaders from our fine area. Pete is that Bond, true? he certainly is. And Forrest, do you mind if I come in here just for a second? Sure, come in. Um, that coffee shop is known as Cafe Dawn in Salida, Colorado. And they are underwriters at Cahen. And we encourage anyone far and near, if they would be an underwriter or a supporter of Cahen, we welcome your, um, what would you call it? Your money, your donations, your sponsorship. There's all kinds of ways you can help. Visit us at khen.org. Go, Forrest. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to take a little uh, action here since Forrest is catching his breath. You know, this caboose is moving pretty fast here, so we got to hang on tight and it's jostling us around. And 
up. You know, it, it, it really gives you, gives you a reason to pay attention. So um, Rick, just what you mentioned there, I am so proud of our sponsors and they're called sponsors, but what our sponsors are, these are community members who have businesses who understand the need for co-creation and collaboration within our community. You know, they sponsor, I think they get on board. I used to sponsor, I sponsored with Cahan years ago. I got on board for the um, exposure, of course, because I had tried many forms of advertisement in my business. It's important to market in my business. Um, it's my service. It's what I do for my clients. And then I realized my sponsorship turned into my love affair with Cahan <laughs> that I so proudly <laughs> enjoy today. Um, Cahan has been a mainstay in my life ever since the beginning. I am, you know, connected with Jane, um, beautiful Jane Carpenter, the original driving force behind Cahan. I remember their little teeny weeny room on a second story floor in downtown Salida, half a block from the stoplight, where Cahan came to fruition. Had it not been for Jane Carpenter, that would not have happened. And I'm sure she had cohorts and collaborators and she would be the first to admit so. But she was the driving force. And thanks to her, the train goes on and Cahan goes on. And I'm just, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm delighted, I'm enamored to be with you. Um, but this caboose, I always thought the caboose, I always thought the caboose had something to do with, you know, another set of brakes in the back. Maybe the caboose had these amazing brakes and it could help slow down the engine when the runaway train took off. Because if the runaway train takes off, you really don't want to be in the front. But, you know, Rick puts himself there of his own accord. So I'm glad I'm in the caboose with Forrest right now. We're having a great time back here. Um, it's going to get crazier because I, I hope I get invited back, but um, I'll get back to my point at hand. And that is that I just am so appreciative of people that support Cahan. Um, without them, we would be nothing. Without our DJs, we'd be nothing. Without our kids that are involved in the schools, we'd be nothing. You know, we've got just amazing volunteers. Um, it's a it's a wonderful thing. Uh, Cahan is a mainstay and when and if the crane trashes, the train crashes, we will be so glad that we have another way to communicate within this world through Cahan. <laughs> Very nice, Judy. And I will say Very nice. we have about uh, 20 volunteer DJs and Forrest and I are among those 20. And uh, yeah, it's their dedication that um, diversifies your listening pleasure on this, on this community radio station. We come from a very small town, Salida. But it is we have a worldwide influence. <laughs> With yes. worldwide influence. With worldwide influence. <laughs> I'm going to have Juanita take over the wheel for a second. Oh, well, while, while, while Juanita takes over the wheel, we're going to trust in that, but it could be a rocky ride. Are you hanging on, Forrest? You better put on your seatbelt. <laughs> I'm hanging on. Oh, I'm wait a minute. On. Wait a minute. There aren't any seatbelts in the caboose. Oh, no. There are no seatbelts, no. But oh, let me say, when you're in the caboose, stay braced. 
because when the slack starts to pull out, all those knuckles down the line, you hear it going boom, 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 boom. The slack pulling out. Each one of those brings a jolt to the caboose. So there'll be a big whoop. Now the caboose is moving, but not until after that big jolt. So in tradition, <laughs> traditionally, Forrest, did the caboose have for that reason, did the caboose have like support for your neck and head, uh, headrest? Or funny thing you should mention that, but that is true. The up in the angel seat, there was always a, uh, you know, a kind of a built up uh, headrest sort uh-huh. of a thing. Interesting. You could, lean, you could lean back against, but no, no seat belts. And you, it was up to you to keep your feet up and stay braced when you knew, when you knew that train was taken off and you wanted to be braced. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know. Of course, okay, back in Wilkins day, back, uh, go ahead, Judy, what were you saying? Oh, you were headed down the track. Did I? Well, I was headed back to Gilpin, but we, we can we can talk more about uh, the subject today, which is <clears throat> the Cosmopolitan Railway, as envisioned by our first governor, Governor Gilpin. But what I did want to mention was he created this wonderful vision of what the coming of the Cosmopolitan Railway would bring, especially to Colorado. I mean, he was a Denver boy. And uh, also for his family, when he married his wife, she had uh, three kids. And then he and his second wife had a, a, a beautiful little boy who, very sad thing, he, he died uh, rock climbing when he was, I think, 12. And oh. that, that affected, yeah, that affected everything very badly in his personal life. But he nevertheless held on to that vision. Of, of what what it could be, what the Cosmopolitan Railway could do. And at the very least, it would, and he was right about it, debauch all these different people, the Africans, the Mexicans, the Scots, the Irish, the French, on either side of the railway. And they'd gradually get, get to getting along, he thought. So well, what you do know, you think now? Go ahead, go ahead. I think he was on the right track, don't you think? <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. to speak. In you railroad know, talk. It, yep, in railroad talk. He he is on the right track. He was on the right track. Um, <laughs> he was an extreme pioneer, and I think that his his thoughts and his legend and his his work that he did during his influential times has helped create something pretty amazing in the way that we live now. But I think that our railroad, and I empathize with Forrest, I, I empathize with you, Forrest, in your in your statements that you think and you, you perceive the sadness of the current situation of the railway, and I do too. I grew up in a place where the railroad came by my grandmother's house in the middle of the night, every time I went to see my grandmother and I'd hear it coming and I'd hear the, the tracks rumbling and then I'd hear it come by and, you know, it would toot its horn because we were near a crossing. And it was a comforting thing, as powerful as it was and as intimidating as it could feel as a very small child sleeping in a bed alone at my grandmother's house. 
that power and force of the train, even now when I sit at a train crossing and I'm waiting for the train to go by as I travel back home to Oklahoma, I sit there with the most wonderful patience, just enjoying and listening and rolling down my window and hearing the sounds of the train going by. And I just get lost in a wonderful space and in a beautiful memory of my childhood. I've lived in Salida long enough to see the the railroad in Salida completely stop running. My first trip to Salida was up from Canyon City through the dark in the canyon. It was completely dark, no moon. And all of a sudden the sides of the canyon began to light up. And I was at first really mystified, like are these UFOs, what's going on? There's all this light hitting the side of the canyons. And then here came the train in the middle of the night and it illuminated the sides of that canyon that I had never seen before. Uh, and it was a mysterious, amazing moment. And that was my arrival into Chaffee County. Wow. That was my arrival wow. into the gateway, into yeah. the gateway known as Salida. Yeah. And Salida <laughs> is a gateway. It's not necessarily only an exit, it's an entrance. And some people come in and stay and some people get spit out right away. And it's a gateway. Our and the name of our community speaks for what it what it holds, and that's a coming in and a going out, a gateway in whatever shape or form it is for anyone that happens to come near here. <laughs> and I'm so thankful. I think that that night driving up the canyon was very elemental in me desiring to live here. Of course, the next day when I woke up and took a drive back down to see what I had missed. And I stopped by the river down at the Cottonwood Rapids near um, Coaldale and Cotopaxi. It might be below Coaldale there. And got down, climbed down on a rock near the river and set by that amazing energy. I knew, I knew right then that I was in a, in a very, very powerful and amazing place on this planet. And back to Governor Gilpin, his isothermal zodiac. Isothermal zodiac. That concept is a profound concept. It does encompass the reasons why so many things do happen around each side of the 48th parallel. Isn't that right? Well, that's exactly right. And uh, where he had trouble though, was trying to envision how that could get across the Pacific Ocean. One, one idea he had was that, well, maybe they could bring, do a, a bridge from the Aleutian Islands to Siberia. <clears throat> but even in his day, most of the uh, structural people said, well, pretty deep water, a lot of, they were not so sure that would happen. But uh, I, I don't suppose it could happen. Well, it wouldn't anymore. But, but that's in, real interesting too. And also <clears throat> he saw patterns. One pattern he saw was how if you wanted to do a mine, the closer you could be to the 48th parallel, the more likely you were to hit gold. <clears throat> and on top of that, then you needed to talk to the old timers. And they would have a sort of a feeling for where the gold belt ran. And they would call it the gold belt. And that's this, this feeling about where the, where the crystal rocks would, would line up and now where, where a good place was to go down. And they were often right. 
So isn't that interesting? Yes, I think intuition is stronger than knowledge. Yeah, and and I don't know. You suppose anybody does that today? I'm oh sure yes. Well, I deal with uh, water witchers in my industry. Um, in the real estate industry, we deal with water witchers. I've actually toyed with being able to do that myself. And it is, even though it is intuitive, it's truly a magnetic vibrational connection with the planet, with the land, you know, and um, people that could witch out the gold veins are no different than those that witch out for water on land. Uh, I've walked land with clients. I watch the witcher. I watch them hold the rods. They walk and those rods start moving and they are just a mediator in between. And that's what Gilpin was, a mediator, yeah. a manifester, a, a beautiful man who, <laughs> who had a wonderful, and he obviously did have a very um, interesting life with many, many challenges because when we come to live, on this earth, we don't get away with it, with um, getting through it without challenges. Without that, we are yeah. just an earthworm <laughs> and we have more to offer. Well, and, and Gilpin was so disappointed when it became clear that uh, a civil war was going to happen. And, I'm sure and as he, he wrote, was. As yes. he wrote, it, it would no longer be a war between states. It's a mis misnomer to say the war between states. There weren't any states left. The Southern group had, had pulled out. Those states were gone. And what was left was not a war between states. It was, in fact, a civil war. And there's nothing worse than that. It's brother against brother, sister against sister. It, it was, it really disappointed him to, to see that come. And, and um, you know, there wasn't much he could do. Of course, in his personal life, there wasn't much he could do either with his wife. Good God. They <laughs> we won't go into all that, but it yeah. wasn't quite humorous. It really was humorous and written up in the Denver papers as a sort of a humor column by Polly Fry. I mean, they would fight. She'd throw all of his stuff out on the front lawn of their house. Uh, her kids would sight with mom his well we his son was too young but but um but then they would all laugh and, and get it together so finally she said i want a divorce so he said fine they went they but they were then they fought i won't go into their whole history of fighting ended up at the colorado supreme court the only divorce anybody knows of that ever ended up at the supreme court she won the night that she won why the light was on upstairs in her bedroom as it always was. And cause he never left her bedroom during, during the, the whole time. They were sort of madly in love with each other. And yet the, uh, I don't know, Judy, have you ever been in one like that? I mean, no, you know, too personal. no, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Uh, it's personal. And yes, yes. Um, it, it is a very, very powerful experience to be deeply in love and and devoted to a person and then um, find out that perhaps that that is no longer the way and it's changed. And, um, you know, 
you just don't have a choice. Like Gilpin, he had to accept it. Like you said, he had to accept the loss of his child. He had to accept that the relationship had changed. She probably went through her fire too. And I, that's probably a discussion for the next show. We'll investigate the only divorce that ever went to the the Supreme Court. Well, there was a Denver gossip columnist named Polly Pry, and she wrote this all up. Polly Pry's and it was, she treated the whole thing as kind of a burlesque opera. And, and it was, people, you had to hey. laugh at it. I mean, All the right. stuff they did. Oh, my God, yes. And Here uh, we go. You know I, what? This brings me to this idea. I just had a big idea. And I see our engineer waving his hand up there. Uh-oh, we got to wrap it up. Time. We got to yeah, get on actually, down the track. And I got to jump out of this caboose soon, because if I don't jump out, it could get a runaway rail going here. And oh, I'm not going we don't want to take you off. So. But hey, maybe what we could do for us is we'll get those Salida Starlets or the burlesque ladies. I'm not sure what they call themselves now, but um, burlesque on the rails. Maybe we could have them reenact the divorce (laughs) of uh, Governor Gilpin that went to the Supreme Court on stage. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, that was so funny. Please tell us, tell the listeners again a couple things. What was uh, Governor Gilpin's first name? Wait, and then also, what was what was his? When was he born, and what year did he die? Do you know that? You know, I should know that. William Gilpin, our first territorial governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he well, he died. He would have died just after the Civil War I got see. going. So he would have well, certainly after. No, so he. I would put his death date as eighteen ninety. I see. I could be wrong. I I should look that up. But um, as I say, he came out here, served as an army officer, attempting to keep the settlers and the Indians from killing each other. And Lincoln was so impressed. Lincoln read his first book called The Isothermal Zodiac. And Lincoln loved the book and said, well, I need the governor for Colorado. William, it's you. (laughs) And so... All right. Well, Judy, before we wrap up, we don't want you jumping off the caboose. Wait till we stop before you step down. <laughs> what do you, would you like to say in, in closing today? I would love to say that it's been the most pleasure to be in the caboose with you, Forrest Whitman. An honor, Well, a, life, a lifelong desire, and a magical day for me. Thank you. I'm going to sign off with the three, two, one, high ball. High ball. All right, let's all count down to three. Three, two, one, high ball. High ball. High ball. High ball. High ball. It's been fun. Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncho Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889.